Hello, and welcome to Candela. I'm Christopher Hooten. In this episode, my co-host Alan Schaller and I are joined by Paola Franqui. Also known as Menaris, Paola creates cinematic street photography, often shot in New York City and evoking the feeling of a bygone era. On the commercial side of things, she's worked with Ray-Ban, Budweiser, ESPN, Uber and more, and you can find her posting on Instagram at at Monaris underscore M-O-N-A-R-I-S. We hope you enjoy our conversation, and do hit us with any thoughts and questions on IG at Candela Podcast. On with the show. Hello, welcome to Candela. I'm joined as ever by Alan Schaller. Hello, Al. Hello, Christopher. And today we have with us Paola Franqui. How are you doing today, Paola? I'm doing great. I think I nailed the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that close enough. Close. That's pretty good. <laughs> so you're in, are you in New Jersey right now, is that right? I'm in New Jersey, yes. I, I've been living here since I moved from Puerto Rico. Nice. And yeah, when did you, when did you move? So I moved to the States when I was 14 years old. So now I'm 34. So that's about 20, 20 years ago. Um, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. I moved to the States after my parents got a divorce. My mom was like, okay, we're moving to Jersey. It was, it was really hard because I came to the States without knowing any English. So I had to learn everything from scratch. I had no friends. So, it, you know, it, it was a, it was, it, it's been a journey. But I'm here today, so yeah. everything worked out well. <laughs> and did you immediately move to New Jersey when that was the first port call? Yes, because my, my mom has family here. So, it, you know, it made sense to move to Jersey because my mom's brother lives here. I have cousins, uncles, so I've been here ever since. Mm, yeah. I actually love New Jersey. You have It has a bad rep, but it's actually beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I only ever like just whenever I'm in New York, just some often end up flying out of like Newark, which is a pain in the ass, as you know, because you got it takes ages to get there. But I never get actually get to spend any time there. But I hear there's like there's beautiful blossoms and stuff in New Jersey. Everything. Actually, Newark Airport is my airport. I live like about, let's say, 30 minutes from Newark. That way you have an idea of where I am located. I've been there once. I visited, yeah. <laughs> I had to pick up a Leica lens that had been fixed in there. Oh, really? All, How was that? <laughs> oh, amazing. But all, um, all, all of their facilities are in in, uh, in New Jersey. Yes. And I mean, am I reading into it too much? Or did the fact that you were new to the country and didn't really speak the language must have been quite lonely. Was that Did that come hand in hand with photography, which is just something you can do on your own? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I couldn't communicate, you know, so I remember... Um, getting home from school every day and telling my mom, why, why did we move here? I hate it. I have no friends. I can't even understand anyone. And I, I, my mom is a, is a person of faith and she would always say, you know, everything is going to be okay. Um, because I'm, I'm, I'm a person that is like so impatient. So I want to learn everything like immediately, you know, if not, I'll get impatient and then I start getting overwhelmed. Mm. Um, but I always, you know, I, I, I always try to look things like the brighter side, stay optimistic. And I pretty much started reading a lot and, and learning, you know, I was like, I need to learn this language. I need to be able to communicate. So I slowly, but surely I, you know, I started to learn. Um, I started to get comfortable. I started making friends and my life just, you know, got better. And um, Mm. with with photography, I think 
I I would I would still go back to Puerto Rico at least three times a year because my dad lives there. So I would I would go to high school and then during summer breaks, um, winter breaks, I would fly back to Puerto Rico. And then w- during one of my trips to Puerto Rico, I was introduced to a friend um, who happened to be a photographer. And I think that was the first time for me meeting someone that, you know, that loved photography so much that, you know, the way he he spoke about it, everything that he knew about cameras and everything, it, I think it sparked something in me. I remember that I was like, oh my God, I can I follow you around everywhere? Can I see your process? So I remember he used to shoot with a Nikon or something. So he was mm. like, oh yeah, did, have you ever taken photos before? And I was like, no, I don't, I, I don't even know how to hold a camera. I don't even know anything. So I think that was, if I, if I look back, that was my first introduction to photography because of him. Nice. Do you think, um, I, I, I just took a mental note of when you said that you're an impatient person. I'm mm-hmm. also an impatient person. Mm-hmm. And, um, I should attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> It, it, it's funny because I, I feel like photography. I enjoy street like doing what I do, and because I can do it on my own, and it's uh, it's something that I can control the whole business side of it as well. You know, it's all like kind of you're not really dependent on many people. Mm-hmm. But also, it's highly frustrating shooting on the street and waiting for photographs. And I felt I feel like I've learned a lot of patience through photography. I don't know if um, if that's been the case for you as well. No, oh, absolutely. Um... Because street photography, it's all about, you know, anticipation and, and just waiting for the right moment. And sometimes I find myself sitting in a corner um, for maybe 30 minutes until something happens, you know, yeah. and, and, and you have to. Yeah. Um, every time I shoot with other people, I, I tell them, listen, I, I take my my time. Like I, I am not a fast paced photographer that just walks around the city and just points and shoots about like pretty much everything. I like to take my sweet time. I like to, you know, think about compositions and look for moments that speak to me, finding scenes that just, you know, that happen in the street. So I take, I take a lot of time, you know, waiting, anticipating, and I feel like it's all in the process of photography. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned about waiting half an hour in one spot. It makes me think of if I'm walking around with with Alan, some you know we we walk a lot wherever we are for whatever reason, and sometimes he'll just be like he'll stop and be like, "There's a shot here." It almost as if yeah. it's like a kind of a sci-fi, you know. There's like there's some sort of force in the air, and then we end up like, and then I'm standing there just like, ah, oh, really, really hope we can get lunch soon. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes down. Yeah. I imagine. Do you, you do you get? I mean, obviously, some of your shots you can tell must have happened like in an instant on the mm-hmm. fly. But is it sometimes the case that you find a scene or a scenario, uh, some light or a particular signage or building, and you think there's something good here, and you'll kind of just hang around and see what happens? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes I see a scene and then I like, you know, I'm attracted by the colors or there's a sign that it's like pretty cool. So I'm like, okay, I, I see something here. There's potential. That's how I see it, right? There's potential. There's a scene here. So I just wait and I'm like, oh my God, how I wish that somebody will walk by, like maybe like an old guy with a trench coat or like, you know, like those like movie scenes. What so is I'm it like, about trench coats and hats? I'm in love with them as well. I'm like, oh, there's a guy with a hat. I'm going to follow him. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it reminds us maybe of the past and how things were and just like something so nostalgic and beautiful about people that wear hats and have like walk with a cane. It's just, you know, beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. So I, I wait for scenes and then I'm like, okay, my God, come on, someone walk by someone. And most of the times it happens. Like you wish for it, you think about it and, you, you know, things just work out together and you get what you wanted. Yeah, yeah it, I think it, what it is with the trench coats and hats is it like it, it, it means that the figure's entire silhouette just sort of screams like business and what they're, they're yeah. doing from, from head to toe. They just look like they're on a mission going towards something and it might not even be particularly fun where they're going, but you're just, you're very like on board with them when you see those characters. It's, exactly. And I was just having this conversation with my friend the other day. He was like, oh, I was just watching, you know, an old film and I was studying the works of like, you know, great photographers and everything looked great back then. Like everything, you know, the cars, everything, it's old school, beautiful. And and now that, you know, things have changed so much, especially in New York, nothing feels the same anymore. Yeah. Um, you're walking and, and nothing is really happening. It's just, it feels so different. And, and as a photographer, it's it's even more challenging for me to take photos now than it was before. Mm. Because it's like, I, I don't know if it's 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 mental or it's like I'm blocked, but to be able to find moments now, it's so much harder than it was back then, like before, like a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah, we had Joe Meritz on the show, and he was yeah. he was really bleak about it. He was just like, it's done. Like he, you know, I don't think this is true, but he was kind of like street photography is a little bit over because you know when obviously when he was shooting a lot in the 70s and 80s, you know, you people interacting, passing bills on the street, mm-hmm. and now everyone's just like sat down there looking at their phone. But um, but I I mean we we've talked about this as well, and I, I think that. You know, in 50 years' time, people probably won't be yeah. using phones. There'll be a new... Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting. And and likewise, back in, you know, the 50s in New York, a guy in a trench coat with a newspaper was not extraordinary. It was just, exactly. just part of... So, so we, you know... It's I, like I, when you see in a film, like, someone on a typewriter and it looks very, like, mm-hmm. literary and interesting and of its period, I'm sure, in, in its own weird way, looking at someone looking down at a Blackberry or an iPhone or something will have that same kind of feel to it yes yeah, like, oh my god they used to type on these glass slabs <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think that's one thing that keeps me motivated is just what you said alan just like from a couple of years from now people are going to look at our photos and they're going to feel probably the same way we feel looking back mm. you know and it's like you know it's going to happen eventually yeah. so i just have to keep continue documenting life as it happens but it is it's a wonderful feeling isn't it when i remember being in tokyo and and being completely surrounded by subjects uh just way too many people and uh i i tend to go for single subjects anyway or like mm-hmm. at least a single focus and it was it was a really kind of nice process to just stay still on a station and and wait and pick you know pick that person out mm-hmm. and and it kind of helped refine that process in in those big cities like new york as well because uh, yeah th- these days there are so many more people aren't there exactly. And, exactly. and i can tell that i can tell looking through your pictures like the I really like the one of the um, person walking with the dog through the trees and the snow. Oh, the the it's a, it's a lady. She was walking by herself, and yes, yeah, Central Park. Yeah, Central. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I think that shot and like I love the I love that those kind of like I, I I'm a sucker for eye contact in photos and me that, too. That kind <laughs> of, yeah, that fleeting. So sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. It depends mm-hmm. on the moment, doesn't it? But I, I, yeah, I it seems like you're picking out really interesting subjects yeah um and 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 new york is just 
crazy good for that, isn't it? And, and, and so is London. I feel if I was going to be locked down anywhere in the world this year, it would have been either one of those two. Really. Uh, I agree. For, but like, I, have you guys been to New York lately? No, you haven't traveled, right, in a um, while? Not, uh, we well, haven't been able to travel like for the past year, but we were in yeah. New York together, actually, not not long before it. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've talked about a lot on the podcast about how it is kind of a mecca for street photography just because life is happening really all around you on the street. Like, mm-hmm. it's all happening out in the open, which is which is great. I remember Chris and I were, we were in uh, near Little Italy or, or whatever that area is called. Um, Little Italy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we, we were just come out of a restaurant and there was a guy just like sawing a door in half on the street. <laughs> and And... I just and, and we were like, in, that would not happen in London. Like, in London, we saw our doors behind closed doors. It's a private thing. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. That's what was going on? And it, you know, it's some like Hasidic Jewish guy, like uh, you know, stepping over the door. It's like, oh, look, yeah. it's all this stuff going on. It's really cool. Yeah, and for us, it's just like it's so normal. You know, it, it's like things that happen in New York every day. Like we don't, you know, yeah, I no, see that great. and oh, that's pretty cool. Let me take a photo of that. Especially um, with steam, people love the New York steam. Um, yeah, like, oh my yeah. god, you have steam in New York! I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you got steam I, out there. <laughs> I know. I, 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 was, I was thinking about taking a kettle around London with me, holding it in front of my camera. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Get the please New York do one. it. Please do it. I want to see it, that. <laughs> there needs to be a special like filter on, Insta, on Instagram that just adds steam shooting. Oh, um, that's a good idea. Let me think about that. <laughs> yeah, let's think about that. Um, I, I, I read something interesting on your bio. Uh-huh. Uh, on your website that said that you have a BA in criminal justice. Yes, I, I love did. that. Uh, so <laughs> if anyone says to you uh, on the street, "Hey, you're not allowed to take my picture," you could definitely cite, tell yeah, you, cite the code. You could be like, yeah, Actually, I, I know all the laws, all the rules. I can, I can read them. I, I'll tell you, no, I can. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the questions is that like, oh, are you allowed to take photos? You know, it's illegal, and I'm like, yes, it's legal, depending on where the world you are. Um, <laughs> You, I'm ready. You, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, I graduated with a criminal justice degree and a minor in sociology. I actually wanted to become a crime scene photographer. <gasps> Ouija. I, I love blood. I love gory things. I, uh, I've always mm. been fascinated by it. Um, but I, I ended up graduating and because I was traveling back and forth to Puerto Rico, it was just hard. I had to go to the police academy. I had to do training. And I was like, listen, I'll do this later. I was like, I, I'm not going to do this now. So I ended up um, working for a Taiwanese company as a logistic coordinator. So it had nothing to do with what I went to school for. No surprise there. Um, so I did that for about maybe six years while I was doing Instagram on the side. How I began with Instagram was pretty much, I think I downloaded the app in 2012. I think Mm. that's when everybody was like, oh my God, what's Instagram? (laughs) Um, And I remember downloading that app and I was immediately immersed by everything that I was seeing. Like I was like, how? This is crazy that people use this platform to, you know, to show their art and to take photos. And and I, I remember seeing people that would travel the world and take photos. That's what they would do for a living. Yeah. And I remember telling my fiance back then, I was like, can you believe that people just travel the world and take photos and they just post them on Instagram and they get paid? <laughs> and she would be like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's a thing. And I don't know. I, I remember telling her, I was like, you know what? I think that's going to be me one day. <laughs> and I and she, she was like, I, I believe you. I, I think you can. So I, I had an iPhone back then. 
and I, and well, and back in 2012, it, we had a, like a sense of community that we don't have now, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, it, I, at least like I can look back and, and think about those times and, and feel good that I was part of it. It was just everybody used to help each other out. We would meet in New York like every weekend and you had groups of 50 people just walking the streets and shooting together. Mm. And and I, I remember having an iPhone back then and I would take photos of landscape, food. I would take selfies. But I feel like there was something about street photography itself that that's what made me fall in love with photography. Um, I, I, I like the way that it made me feel was something that I never felt before. It was like it's it's pretty much like falling in love. I fell in love with with street, with people, with documenting. Mm. And I and I did that for a couple of years. And, and I the way that I started Instagram was I would crop 16 by 9. So I would take photos with an iPhone and then edit them on my phone and post them 16 by 9. And then slowly people started to like recognize me and like, oh, I love your style. And I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. So I just kept working hard. Like it was like I was motivated to get that, you know, that dream job of traveling the world and, and taking photos. Mm. And I back then, I think Instagram would follow you for about two weeks. It was like you would... Um, you would be suggested by Instagram. So that happened to me once and my account blew up. I gained like 100,000 followers. And, you know, I, I started getting job opportunities from clients. Like they would reach out and they would be like, listen, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And, you know, more and more opportunities started to come my way. And it, mm. it, it was just like unbelievable that that was happening to me. And then I, I think I shot iPhone for maybe four years, only iPhone. So I would be shooting for clients with iPhone. Yeah. And then one day, I think it was like maybe like five years ago, my friend was like, listen, if you are considering doing this for a living, you're going to eventually have to buy a camera. And I was like, I don't need no camera. I'm totally fine. They were like, no, you do. So he kind of like pushed me to it, to, to it. He was like, listen, Amazon just came out with the with a like a bundle for the Sony A6000. Uh, I think this is a great startup camera. I think you should buy it. And I was like, okay. So I ended up buying the camera the first that first night when he mentioned it. Um, I remember getting the camera and I had no idea what aperture meant, shutter speed, f-stop. And I'm like, okay, I have this camera and now what do I do? So I just, I, I went on YouTube and I would spend hours and hours a day just watching videos and, and learning the camera, learning, trying to understand how everything worked together. Mm. And, and that's pretty much how I just, you know, I, I began taking more photos. And as soon as I did that, I realized, you know, how much how much better the photos could look because you have a camera now that, you know, the yeah, megapixels sure. and everything printing. Um, and that was just exciting. Like, I think I was more into photographing people because of that camera that I bought. And I pretty much um, continue taking photos for, for many years until now. And now I'm a Sony yeah. shooter. Yeah, it's a shame yeah, you had to enjoy cool. those YouTube tutorial videos, though, with those uh, guys like, hey, guys, today we're going to talk about Aperture and ISO, <laughs> like really fast jump cuts and little know, side gags. There's this. Yeah. Do, 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 do but they're, they're, they're free, though. So they, they are. They're, yeah, they are. They're, they're great. They're so informative. They're just, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but like, do you know what? 
Paid workshops are always the best, people. <laughs> <laughs> the paid right, workshops, right? Right? Yeah. right? YouTube ones. Yeah. <clears throat> I was going to say how your, you know, your fiance outlined it is: you just post a photo online and get paid. Like I wish it's unfortunate the pipeline's not quite that simple, but it's it's nice that that's all. <laughs> that is that is the essence. <laughs> that um, is the essence. Do you, do you know what's really funny? The, the first time I I joined Instagram a bit late. Mm-hmm. Uh, four or five years ago now. Okay. And um, I first downloaded it when I first started photography, which was about a year before then. Mm-hmm. And um, and I looked at it. I was like, right, what the hell is this? As you can probably tell from my setup problems with this podcast, I, I was a bit like, I don't know what this is. I'm not really <laughs> sure what it is. And it suggested for me to add my friends, right, who, uh-huh. who were on Facebook. So I did. And the first thing I saw was this girl in my year at school um, a picture of this tart that she had cooked. And I was like, cool. Uh, right. And then the next picture was someone's cat. And then the next picture was another <laughs> thing that someone was eating. So I was already like, what, what this is, I'm not, I don't understand what this is. And, um, and then I posted a picture on it and it cropped it into a square. And I was like, right, that's it. And I deleted it. And I didn't use it again. Do you remember another- what photo you posted? Uh, I posted a picture. It was like one of my early street shots, and I, and okay. I put it, and I was like, "Yeah, he cropped it," and I couldn't figure out how to uncrop it. And so I just, yeah. I, do you know what? Kudos to you for seeing the opportunity and getting that, getting the Instagram promote. I, I was just yeah. like, nope. And then a friend of mine said um, later on, "Went you really got to get back on Instagram." And by the way, you can add borders. And I oh. went, oh, oh, okay, fancy wow. borders. <laughs> Also, kudos for starting out shooting on iPhone, though, Paola. Like, I, I think it's quite a baller move to turn up to a client shoot and just be like, they're like, where's, where's your DSLR? I'm like, nah, bro, I can just, I can use my phone. You're going to yeah. get good results, don't worry. That's, yeah. kind of, that's kind of embarrassing now that I think about it. No, I'm like, how did, no, I, how did I ever not. do that? Oh, my God. It's totally not. I mean, I mean look, but, uh, back in the day, like when Henri Cartier-Bresson started using Leicas, Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the 35 millimeter format had just been invented, right? Mm-hmm. And so everyone was using those huge plate cameras, and uh, everyone saw that you know the kind of 35 mil negative as a stupid inferior thing. And everyone was like, "Why the hell would you shoot with that when you could have a huge uh, negative?" So it's it's kind of the same. Th- and anyway, he did all right out of it, didn't he? Not bad. <laughs> he did, Not he bad. Did, he did okay. And, <laughs> and it is kind of the same. And and it is. You know, I get messages. I'm sure you get messages all the time as well on, on Instagram saying, you know, what do you shoot with? Um, oh, so some of them are like, I've only got a phone. Can I do photography with this? It's like 100%. Yep. You know, if you gave um, a beginner photographer like the best Sony or Leica or Canon setup in the world, you know, they, they still wouldn't be able to take any. Like, exactly. Well, yeah. yeah. So it's all about just the eye, isn't it? And then finding a tool that you're happy with. But I, I, there, there was one photographer, I can't remember his name. Uh, I followed it, Kochi, Richard Kochi Hernandez, I think he's called. Mm-hmm. And he, I, I, I remember it blew my mind. I, he's, he was doing quite a lot of commercial photography. And um, I watched one of his Instagram stories and it's him in a hangar uh, doing a shoot for Lexus. And he's just shooting it with his phone. It just looks like someone. It just looks like one of the run, like one of the runners on the shoot, just like doing some shots. See, I'm pants. telling awesome. you, that's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. And, and and they use those. Mm. Um, it just looks so weird. The footage of him just standing there with like his iPhone Seven or something, just like. Yeah, like one of one of my favorite photographs that I that I taken was with an iPhone 4S. 
and it's still one of my favorite photos ever, you know, and it's, and I, and I like to take, uh, tell people when they do reach out to me and they ask me, I don't have money to buy a camera. Like, what can I do? I'm like, just use what you got. Like, mm. you don't need any fancy cameras, any fancy lenses, you know, you're still going to capture moments. You're still going to be able to do the same thing I do with a fancy camera. It's, it's not about what you have. It's about your vision and yeah. how you you see the world and how you document it. Yeah, it's, I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Like, obviously, a lot of people go and archive digging and stuff during during in the past year. And like I don't even consider myself, you know, a photographer. Film's more my thing. But I've been thinking about because my camera roll goes right the way back. It's an absolute shit show, you know, just thousands <laughs> of stuff. that I don't even know what's on there. I'm, I'm looking forward to going back through it because even though a lot of it was, you know, shot on like iPhone minus one or whatever. I, I know that there's some like interesting <laughs> stuff on there and it might be comprised of about three pixels, but I think it will be cool. So uh, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to slowly make my way through it. I think when I get a free day, um, yeah. but yeah, Paolo, I, when I was thinking, looking at your stuff, I, I really, really love your work. It's really kind of in my kind of sweet spot. It makes me think of soul lighter. I don't know if that was, he was an influence on you at all. Of course. He's one of my favorites. Yep. The, the colors and, and everything. It's just, it's brilliant. Him and, and Vivian Meyer are my yeah. two favorites. Mm, yeah. Vivian Meyer. She, she, she was so good at uh, self portraits. Some of those, I think there's an actual collection just of the self portraits. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to call them selfies because they're better than that. They are self portraits. <laughs> God damn it. Um, yeah. yeah. And she's so inventive. Yeah, she was one of the first ones that inspired me um, to to shoot street. Especially, I have a, a hashtag that I that it's called Reflection Stories. I started taking photos of, of people behind glass, like mm. like mirrors and stuff. And um, it was because of her because it felt I was at a point in my life where I was feeling very uninspired. I hated everything that I was putting out. Um, nothing was good enough, you know. And then I I think her documentary came out. And I was just mind blown. Um, mm. And I started researching her and reading all about her. And I became like obsessed, you know, I was like, how is this? How can someone be so talented? And, you know, and, and I saw how she would use reflections on like her photos. And I was like, this is so interesting. Like, I like this. And I and immediately I was just so inspired. Mm. I remember going out there in the streets and all I was doing was looking for reflections and how can I make this, you know, like tell a story. So I started that that hashtag a couple years ago and and you know it it's just so beautiful how how it all started and everything that I've learned because of her. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Is there a, is there a type of shot that you find hardest to get? Like I know you shoot hands a lot and I'm just looking through it and thinking, you know, you, there are those shots where you find a really amazing kind of building or whatever. Uh, maybe it's a kind of facade type picture. And there you've got you've got time, you know, you found your subject in a way, the building and you've got time to think about how you can approach it and get it right. Then there are some moments like there's one photo I really like of yours. I think it must have been taken at like a roller skating rink. And you could just see a girl's like roller skates poking out from behind a wall as if almost looks like she's passed out. I'm sure she yeah, hasn't. But I, I guess I those happen uh -huh. so in the moment that they're more like you've just got to be lucky with those, right? Yeah, I, I, I think that was I think last year she was just like laying down like that. And I was like, what is this? This makes like for a great photograph. This is like amazing, you know, and there's things that just are there for you to photograph others you have to wait others just happen so it just depends you know like i i now i i feel like i go out in the streets with an open mind like before i used to be like so fo focused on finding specific things like that eye contact or mm. maybe hands you know and now that i just kept 
shooting and learning about so many different things i just go out there and i don't i don't have any expectations pretty much that, you know yeah. i i don't tell myself you're gonna you're gonna kill it today you're gonna take a hundred thousand great photographs i just go out i just walk if i don't take any photos then that's good you know i i, I stop being so hard on myself because it was always about like, oh, I need to get so many great photos. I need to continue posting on Instagram. I, I, you know, I have to, you know, constantly struggle, like hustle. Now it's just like I take my time. I just let the streets be there as and just I, I, I embrace everything that happens now. A sensei level mm -hmm. street photographer. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. It's true. It's like um, I, I liken street photography to uh, improvisation in music. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, the best improvisers, they just have all of their techniques down, you know, mm -hmm. and like in street, it could be like reflections or silhouettes or, you know, panning shot, all, all of that stuff. And then, uh, you just let it, you just, you get to a point where you're so comfortable with technique that you can just, uh, stop thinking about that mm -hmm. and you just start seeing stuff in a different way. And I, I remember getting to that point where it felt like I, I wasn't, uh, like you said, kind of, uh, I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and and trying to go out specifically to take certain types of shots, like you're saying. Exactly. Um, uh, but then you end up just kind of repeating yourself, I think, and and it's not a, a, a very natural way of, of observation because uh, because for everything you see, you might miss twenty five other things, right? Exactly. So you're um, focused on finding something specific, you know? Yeah, yeah. and it's I'm a lot more relaxed with it now. And so sometimes I have a joke with Chris where I if mm -hmm. I I might go like a week without taking a decent picture and then I take one and I'm like, I, I still got it. And I always say <laughs> to Chris, I'm like, I still got it. Still got it. I haven't it's lost like it. A, yeah. But I do always worry about that. I worry. Cause I, I, I don't know if you've, if you've ever thought about this. Um, any photographer in history, I mean, there are a few exceptions who seem to just be working at a consistent level for their whole career. But most of them, like, they have this kind of peak and then uh, and then a fall off. And I, I always I always sit there thinking, um, like, I, I, I've actually said, like, thank God I saw that shot, that I can actually see it, see that. And mm -hmm. I worry that I'm going to stop being able to see certain things. Yeah, God, if you just left the house one day, you're like, what, what if I never see a good shot ever? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I do think that sometimes. I, I don't. That it's all part of the mind games of street photography, perhaps. I don't know if you ever think that. Of it course. sounds like you're. Yeah, I think about that all the time. Oh, you know? I'm not alone. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like everything that goes down has to go up eventually. So even if we have and we struggle um, with that, we're gonna be able to like you know get back out there and and do our thing. Yeah. A little yeah, bit no, rusty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I. I Sometimes I tell myself not to go out and shoot so much, uh, mm -hmm. but then I do. I do feel really rusty, uh, even after not properly shooting for a couple of days. I actually mm -hmm. feel like it's annoying. Yeah, especially last year. You know, we couldn't go out. We couldn't take photos, and Shit, I well, we pretty, still can't. Oh you know, yeah, I know. Technically, yeah, we. I, I pretty much spend my days here without taking any photos. Yeah. So I. I kept telling myself, okay, now that you're not taking photos, like you have to do something right so all i did was i i began revisiting my old work mm. um photos that i taken you know for many years and and that was like the best thing that i could have done last year because it just made me um you know photos that i thought were bad 
um, I ended up falling in love with them again just because you go back and revisit something. You find something mm -hmm. that before you didn't know you liked or especially with color grading. Last year, I would spend hours and hours on um, Lightroom. That's mm -hmm. what I used to color grade. And I would just like, you know, try to develop new techniques, new color combinations. And that's pretty much all that I've been doing for the past year. Just trying yeah. to improve grading and, you know, just compositions, well, more cinematic. Yeah, I, I, it's sometimes it's uh, it's post processing techniques that I, I think I've learned and that allow me to act. Well, that I didn't know when I shot these pictures from years ago, mm -hmm. and I look at them now and I can actually uh, see value in them now uh, through through actual editing techniques, mm -hmm. which is a bit odd. It's quite um, cool for you guys that unlike you know a statue where you've sculpted it, you can always still go back to the original block of stone and like have a go at chipping it away at it in a yeah. different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and what's it? What's it? They say you, you can't polish a turd. They say <laughs> with, with 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 photographs. But, I think it was Aristotle that said that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, was, no, 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 no. Socrates. <laughs> um, Socrates. Um, so but yeah, I, I, I found. Um, I, but I've also found some in my archive where it's not anything to do with it. I'm just like, holy shit! How did I miss that that one? You know, right? Like, yeah. There was one. Uh, I don't know. Well, if people have seen it, it's, the, it's one of a, a dog jumping for a ball and someone playing volleyball in the background. And the balls are like, like it's, it's just this really nice symmetry. And the dog is like jumping it like it's framed. The guy's head is framed in between the jumping dog's legs. And I, I just don't understand how I uh, just went, no, no, no. Before, I was just like, nope, that's not a good one. Yeah, but I, exactly. I think it was one of my best from that year from like 2017 and I just completely overlooked it. I so, wonder if, yeah. Yeah, for anyone listening, it's well worth archive digging if you haven't done so Do already. It. I wonder if you both find as well sometimes that like if if you've been if you you know say you're you're visiting you're spending three months in a place if you've been there for a while you sort of forget how special it is because you're so used to you know say it's uh, I'm thinking of like in in Seoul for instance there's power lines everywhere you're so used to that aesthetic that you kind of discount it but then once you've gone somewhere else and you're looking back at photos you took there you kind of like oh shit that was actually <laughs> quite amazing and I guess it makes you look a bit more fondly at some photos that you might have discounted just because you'd shot very similar ones like for a long time in that in that area exactly yeah and I and I found myself too that I had a what I call an Instagram mentality when I first started taking photos I would take photos pretty much all my photos are in portrait mode because obviously Instagram portrait you mm -hmm. cut it five by four so a lot of the photos that I have from when I started photography, they're all in portrait mode. And now, you know, that I know better and, you know, it's like, damn, why, why did, I, did I do that? Like, I can't even crop this. I can't even use this. But back then it was just like, you know, Instagram and, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's part of the process. Like, you know, those are things that you learn from now, obviously I don't do that. If I'm going to take a photo in portrait, I also take it in landscape. So it's like, I'm like a robot now. It's like portrait landscape. Okay. I'm good. Um, but those are things that you learn and, and something that I that I tell people a lot to try to like step a, step away from that Instagram mentality that, you know, if you started yeah. Instagram and you've been doing it for a long time, you know, it usually le leads to that. It yeah. really sucks that whole oh, portrait. Borders, yeah. As I learned. Yeah. Just borders. He's still like very <laughs> you know, passionately keeping things landscape and adding borders to them it's a shame or, or that... portrait depending on the goddamn shot <laughs> yeah 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 of course but like you know there are there are a lot of people now who are just like 
only shoot portrait. They feel that limited by yeah, you know, yeah, you're still exactly. varying up. But yeah. it is it is hard, you know. Some, if something is in like sort of cinema scope, or if filmmakers sharing their stills and they're like two point three five to one ratio, like it is a real little sliver like mm -hmm. along the screen, which is it's a bit of a shame, really. But I guess but, that's just. The, but you found your way around that through the um, the stack <laughs> the stacking. Of, yeah, uh, I, I think that looks really cool. Um, I noticed a guy, uh, Joshua Jackson, he's been doing something like that, kind of like these film strips, cinematic strips. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they, they're, they're really cool. And, mm. um, yeah, yeah bet it, between those and like your, your use of subtitles, I'd be amazed if you said you were someone that has no interest in films, kind of. Which I do. Um, I, I, I kind of want, that's like my next thing now. I want to learn how to color grade um, videos. So I'm teaching myself how to use um, DaVinci. Mm. that was like my goal for this year like so i have two goals i want to color grade videos and i want to come out with my first photo book so this mm. year started off and that's like my mentality even if i don't do anything else this year as long as i do these two things i feel like i'm gonna be content so i want to i want to do like bts for 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 movies like that's what i want to like i'm into now because everything that i see is so cinematic so i want to get into filmmaking and bts and all those things yeah so, color grader life is is weird i had my mm -hmm. film graded uh, last last summer and i'm a control freak so i was in the room for a lot of it <laughs> and uh yeah you know just completely pitch black room in the middle of the day and you just like occasionally go out for like a tea break or something into the light and it's just it's it's a very strange cave life those graders live but it is it's amazing what they do yeah that's what i want that's mm. like that's like the goal like i just want to do that i just love color so much and i feel like i want to do more than just photos like you know i i, I don't want to settle for just that because i feel like i can do so much more so little goals you know to mm. keep me motivated and keep me inspired i feel like that yeah. has helped me a lot so yeah we'll see also, also uh, color grading off um i mean the, the the camera that we used to for your film chris was a uh, an Ari alexa lf and um i could see just the the dynamic the like the range of that sensor it, it mean you you could do so much more yeah. wacky shit with 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 a film camera than you can with a stills camera in terms of, there's so many options I, I couldn't believe it. How, it's almost how, like everything's on the table, isn't it? For how you can. It was what scary. You can do. It, I remember there was this one shot where it was backlit, and there were lights in the foreground, and like on a camera, it would have just gone completely silhouetted, and the Alexa just it it just showed everything like how the human eye sees it. Everything was exposed. Like the skin was fine. The background, you could see cloud detail. All the shadows were lifted. I was like, "What is this voodoo <laughs> magic? How have they how have they done this?" The sorcery. Um, yeah, it's some sort of sorcery. And then, um, yeah, and then I imagine in post you can just just go wild and do whatever you want. But I, I'm I'm quite happy with my stills. I'm I, I'm a simple man. They're simple. That's all you need. <laughs> I, I, I'm so happy with my black and white. That's, I don't even like colors. That's true. <laughs> that you don't do color. That's crazy. Col no, color scares me. No. It and for me, I I can't do. I feel like I can't do black and white. I there feel you go. like black and white is so hard. I I can't I can't edit in black and white. I just I don't I don't think I understand it, and I struggle with it all the time. Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm this with color. I'm like my my color process. If I do color, because <laughs> uh, like sometimes brands, uh, even though they they book me based on black and white stuff that uh -huh. they see, they're, they're still like maybe we should have some color options. And oh, they can't, of they can't let go of that. So uh, I do it, and my color process is like 
like takes two seconds. <laughs> I'm like, oh, bit of contrast, bit of saturation. Maybe, a yeah, bit. Well, maybe a little bit of vibrance. And I'm like, that oh, looks good. I'm thinking that this can't be right. This can't be what uh, people like you are doing. <laughs> you guys, you guys should like uh, swap cameras for a day and just see see how it turns out. <laughs> yeah, we should, man. We yeah, should with a Leica, right? Leica what? Yeah, Leica um, um, the the monochrome, the, the the one that's black and white natively. So, oh, I, so it wow. can't shoot color, and and it's like, it, it's it's a wonderful tool because because it can't shoot color. I know that obviously, and then it, it affects your brain, so you stop seeing the colors and you start looking for other things. Wow! Because um, even with film cameras, you can uh, choose to put in some portrait four hundred or some mm-hmm. cut. You know, you can shoot black and white film only, but this camera is like super, uh, kind of specialist for black and white. And, I love uh, that. It's really cool. It, it's awesome. Uh, and when it came out, everyone laughed at it, and they were like, "Oh my god, you're paying that? We can't even shoot color. My phone <laughs> can do that." But um, it's it basically is a, like a, there's a, a really nice beautiful tool. sunset, and you're like, "Alan, look at that!" And he's like, "I don't give a shit." <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. Actually, I just thought of sunsets and colors and everything. I'm like, do wow. You, do you know what? Uh, we'll never go to Los Angeles. You know how it's always beautiful weather there, and it's always blue sky. Blue sky and black and white is just a huge vignetting gray mess, right? So I'm like, it's the, a, a, a sky with no clouds is my worst enemy. I'm just like, oh, God, how am oh I going ba- to balance this frame? And obviously, color photographers are like, that's a beautiful color to work with. Um, I love so, that. so there are there are challenges with both, for sure. I should try that one day, honestly. I think that would be good for me. Just the fact right. that I don't have to think about editing in black and white and just, you know, seeing things straight from the camera, the way that they're going to look, that would be, I think, I think I should do that. Yeah. I mean, let me know when you do and I'll, I'll go out and do some color. <laughs> Challenge accepted, <laughs> man. Yeah. But you have to color grade it too. You can't just like be oh, like yeah, yeah, exposure. Yeah. Well, how about this? how about you send me your frames? I'll grade them and I'll send you mine. Deal, got it. <laughs> See, we have yeah. something going on now. Yeah. It'd be like, wow, I don't learn color photography really quick. <laughs> That's funny. I really, I really want to shoot uh, infrared at some point. I think I know it would be intense for like a whole movie to be in that frame. But if you had a good reason for it, a good excuse for it, I think it'll be. Very fun, very interesting as well, you know, like knowing that light's not going to bounce back off surfaces and loads of weird considerations um, would probably be quite a fun experiment. I, I actually thought about that too. Like that's something that I want to also do. Because mm. my friend has it. He had to buy something in the camera to make it like special or something. Yeah, there's uh, loads of little, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, have you seen that series, the one shot in, in the Congo, I think, mm. where all the trees are pink? No, I haven't. I don't know. We, yeah. we, we posted that on our we did yeah it's, it looks awesome like it's, it is kind of a it sort of can be a gimmick but it oh, it does just look so like amazing it's the most crazy series I, I'll, I'll try and DM you with, with the link to yeah. it, it's, oh, wow. it's shot it's shot in the jungle with with soldiers and and all the foliage is pink and and it could be a, and like the rivers are pink. It's cr- it's cr- it's crazy, and it, it's just a really interesting look at, uh, at war photography. It just looks totally different, oh, uh, but it, oh. it's really surreal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he won the Pulitzer Prize or something for it. Oh, really? Well. For doing that, wow. w- w- which is always a good sign of uh, that someone's done something right. <laughs> Actually, I think I think he went out there the first time and shot it, and the the reel didn't uh, expose. So he had to like he didn't. Uh, what's the, what's the word I'm looking for here? <laughs> 
Well, he didn't. He like didn't... The, the, the what's the technical term for the reel was fucked and you couldn't develop it. Oh, what blown out? It was over. It was. It yeah, was, one of those. Yeah. And so, so he had to basically go all the way back to the Congo and do it again. Term. He <laughs> had to reel. go again. Oh yeah. god. Well, well. The, the, speaking of, th- this is one of the reasons why I stopped shooting. I, 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 at one point, I'm going to admit it. I bought myself a trench coat and an M and an M6, and I was like, <laughs> I'm half French as well. So I, so I was like, I am going. I am Henri Cartier Bresson's. Uh, son so I, I, I got obsessed with him like you did with Vivian Mayer uh-huh. and, and I was walking around Paris <laughs> with, a, with a film camera and I was like well, and your trench coat don't forget yeah, about yeah, your yeah. trench coat <laughs> yeah with a pulled up and I'm walking around oh maybe oh, and um, and the lab ruined uh, both roles of film oh and, my god and then I was I was like I mean it was 70, 70 odd frames that I really you know the whole thing about film with you know, you take your time and you shoot slower. And, and so I really picked out these moments. And, and uh, then I just felt like a huge idiot for not shooting it on my digital camera. Oh, <laughs> so, my God. So, so I sold that camera. Oh, you sold, you uh, sold the M6? I, I sold it. I was like, I'm done. Uh, you know, that's ridiculous. It, it's like the equivalent of shooting without your SD card in for a, mm-hmm. It was such a huge waste of time. Don't tell that to a film photographer. They're going to kill you. I mean, I mean look, it, it, it's, I know, I know. There's such a, uh, it was just a bad lab. But I just thought, this is crazy. I mean, uh, what's his face? Uh, Robert Kappa, mm-hmm. who shot on the beaches on, of Normandy, the only documentation of the beach landing. He risked his ass, obviously. He was getting shot at. He didn't have a gun. He had a camera on him. And um, I believe it was three rolls he shot, and they've ruined two of them. Oh I think my god! Wow. I mean, I would, I would actually execute the, the, that, that <laughs> technician. I would be like, right, you're coming with me. <laughs> I mean, I mean that famous picture of the of the soldier in the in the water uh, behind the barrier. Yeah. That could have been ruined as well. That is mm-hmm. true. I mean, but I feel like it's a risk if you're shooting film. You know that that can happen. I mean, yeah. You should have been there with an iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> with my iPhone. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> um. Paula, as we mentioned, uh, you know, like cinema is an influence and stuff. What what movies do you like? I mean, I know it's putting you on the spot a little bit, and it doesn't. It could be visually, or it could just be as movies in general. But is there anything or any my directors? F- my favorite movie that I that I that I, it's, I shot on film. Have you seen Carol, the movie Carol? Yeah, Todd Haynes one, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, the movie, it's, it. everything is so beautiful. And I was like, oh my God, like, I love this. And recently I watched um, The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Mm. And that too, the, you know, the colors, how it was shot. Um, usually when I, when I watch a movie and I'm, and I'm inspired by it, what I do is I would, I would, I go on Google and I find stills from, from the movie, right? And scenes that I really liked. And I open that on Lightroom and then I try to find a photo that fits like the mood that I'm trying to replicate. And I just spend hours trying to, you know, come to like find similarities and try to color grade as as I saw in the movie. And that's what keeps me like, you know, it keeps yeah. it fun and entertaining. And that's what I do a lot. So I find you know, a lot I think, of my inspiration um, from that. Yeah, I think I remember hearing that that Carol was inspired by Soul Lighter's photographs, actually, I think, <laughs> yeah. visually. But yeah. you know what? It's funny you mentioned The Queen's Gambit because, you know, obviously massive respect to everyone involved in that production. But I was watching like a, a, a VFX breakdown of it. Just I don't know why. You just go down a YouTube hole and you end up there. Um, and 
you know, so it starts out, you know, showing you how they, you know, had to recreate the 50s facades when they're doing like big, you know, helicopter or drone shots of like the strip and stuff. And you're like, okay, cool. And then it carried on going. And my God, that that show is like 90% VFX sucks. <laughs> I <laughs> like, know. Yeah, I know. like there's a, there, there's a bit where she pulls up like outside her old school to go back to it. And they shot it on a sunny day and added snow in post. Yeah. And like, and like more trees. They were like, oh, we could probably use a tree in the foreground here. Yeah, I'll just stick one in. It's fine. <laughs> I know, I <laughs> know. That, that stuff, like, you know, I get it. If, if you can't afford to like put a massive dinosaur in, obviously you're going to need to do that in post. <laughs> I don't I don't begrudge you that. But when it's like, oh, can we just get like another mug on that surface? It's just something about that for me. I'm just like, that's not cool, man. <laughs> I know, I know what you're saying. I'd rather not see those videos yeah. because of that. I don't want to ruin the vision that I have. But yeah. it does happen. I mean, it's, it's Look, this happens. <laughs> Netflix are on a on a schedule chris they can't just spend forever laying out little twigs I, I bet like you know there's like the cinematographer is getting loads of like plaudits for it there's some poor guy in the in the vfx studio is like damn it that was like mostly me <laughs> yeah that's so funny no it's I'm true pretty sure I, it happens yeah I, th- I there was one um cinematographer that we had on who i watched his oscar acceptance speech and uh he said uh, he was like, well, I think I only deserve about 33% of this because uh, <laughs> I didn't, but thank you anyway. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it just, I think he was alluding to the fact that it was probably the director's vision and um, and the VFX team there you go. Who, who actually made it uh, come to life. But I'd take it if I was a cinematographer. <laughs> I'll take yeah. it too. I mean. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I like the idea of, of like some old school cinematographer from the film days, like leaning over these kids in the VFX, being like, "Yeah, that's what I would have done." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, I agree. Put in another tree. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have potential, Alan. You would consider that. Yeah. The, the filmmaking. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but 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 you know you're right. That that show looked very expensive. That Queen's Gambit. That's the yeah. one I would it use. Did. Euphoria too, I like as well. Yeah, we had oh, yeah. Um, one of the cinematographers from that show on the podcast oh, actually, really? um, and yeah, yeah, those guys. It's just they're, they're all such a young crew, and they just did stuff that you know the, the absolute veterans would just like would have their minds blown by. It's really, it was really an incredible, incredible thing. See, yeah, it's a re- it's, some it's, really experimental shots. Mm. That's yeah, what I want. I want to be there for that eventually. <laughs> you know, yeah, it you. was crazy. What 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 Adams told us was that. Uh, they didn't really have a shot list. They would just kind of make it up as they went along. <laughs> I know. What he and said. It, yeah. And it's like, some of them are so technical. Like one's like, they use this thing called a scrim from, from like the theater days to make, to do a transition between three different locations as practically through one shot by moving the camera. And, uh-huh. but yet they were like scripting all this the night before. <laughs> it's like, wow. That's brilliant. That's, oh, that's yeah. what money, money and creativity can do. <laughs> it's like, yeah. we need a scrim here for t- by tomorrow. Okay, let's get it. <laughs> they go hand in hand, man. Wow. Mm. And that's why street photography, I like it because you don't need budgets. You don't need, uh, you just need a phone or a camera and your eye and some legs. And, and your shot eyes. Finger. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. your eyes work. Yeah. 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 I use glasses. So like I, I that's why I want to get the surgery because every time I have my glasses on and I, you know, I lift my camera to, to my eye, it's like. I don't want to struggle with this anymore. I just want to be able to walk the streets and be able to see but, everything. Like, but wait. it makes us look more intelligent. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Right. We're like twins, see? 
Oh my! Oh wow! You have the exact are, are same a, glasses. Are yours mascot? What the hell's going on? No, my, mine are Warby Parker, but yeah, we have they like look the same exactly glasses. the same. <laughs> oh my god! Hang on, hang Twins. on, I'm gonna, hang on. I need a fringe. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see what he's doing right now. <laughs> you it's look uncanny. just like me. I love it. <laughs> I know. We, yeah, next time in New York, we can meet up and we'll yeah. go around together. Yeah, look at that. You no, look I think, it with I a think... trench coat. <laughs> I think, yeah, laser eye surgery probably may- it is your living after all, being able to see things. So I think that makes sense as a, as a choice. <laughs> Actually, that would be a great idea for a street photography workshop. Uh, you could have you dressed up as Vivian Mayer and me oh. dressed up as Cartier Bress on it in character for the whole oh thing. Oh my God, can we please do it? Please, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's do please. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Hist- historical photography tours. I love oh, it. God. I think it's a great idea, honestly. Yeah. It happens today, February Chris, 11th. Yeah, and Chris could be Ouija, be like, hey, you seen any dead guys around here? <laughs> oh, God, I love that. I I really hope that at some point in your future that crime scene photography can still somehow be in it, Paolo, even if it was like fine art crime scene photography, because, yeah, those guys with like the, the stub of a cigar like hanging out fine the corner art, of their mouth. And, fine like, the... art crime scene. <laughs> fine art crime scene. There's can, you, can, can you move the body a little bit yeah. to the light? They show like the evidence in court of the crime scene. You're like, we can't see the body. And they're just like, well, sorry, but like there was a really interesting pattern of light going on over here. So (laughs) I would make it all cinematic, like the the body's looking like, (laughs) oh my goodness. Maybe, hopefully. I mean, maybe I I went to school for that. So I have to do something with it eventually. Well, well, actually, I I was going to ask you back when we started talking about about crime scene photography. Do you think that's still a thing? Or do you think it's literally just that like one of the, one of the police, it just goes up with an iPhone. It's like, ugh. Uh, oh, I honestly you, have you, no idea. I, I wonder I, if it's such a thing anymore. If there's an yeah, actual dedicated photographer for for a. Uh, I mean, well, I I think it is a thing because that's how they get the evidence and the photos. And so there's somebody out there doing that, you know. Yeah, so, but it's whether they're just like, yeah, can someone just grab a couple of pictures or, or probably film it? Can someone film the, the scene and then email it over? Yeah. I bet it's like that, and it's not like a guy sitting in his van with a radio waiting <laughs> for the next one. Yeah. You make everything so dramatic, Alan. It's yes. like everything has to be <laughs> with a trench coat. Yes, and it's it's like sheeting rain. It has been very like kind and of like cigarette. aesthetically inspirational, <laughs> though those those guys doing that, doing all that stuff and that kind of like news reportage things. When you think of films like Zodiac or TV shows like Mindhunter, they often those they have a very static kind of approach, and you know they show the crime scene in that blank way that obviously is just almost subconsciously come out of those kind of noirish images you're used to seeing in like an old old edition of the New York Times. So I agree. It is, it's super interesting that whole that whole topic. I think there's a film based on Ouija's life that I've never watched, but I would like to because I'm sure it's pretty pretty interesting. Hmm. I love that show though. Um, by the way, Mindhunters and mm. Zodiac, the, the movie. Oh my god, amazing! Yeah, I think, I think they cancelled it amazing. unfortunately. Mindhunter, which is weird because I think everyone liked it. They did <laughs> cancel it. I think so. Yeah. Oh wow! It only made a hundred million dollars. <laughs> yeah, it should have made two. Our Marvel only. films are making two billion. <laughs> no, the there yeah, that Mindhunter show is one of the things. Um, it's like when I first watched Silence of the Lambs, and I was thinking about it for a few days afterwards. Just it, it did that to me in that show, which is always a good sign. It's just the stories and everything, and how they filmed it. It's and, so crazy! Right? Isn't it? It's like how does that happen to people? Wow! I know. Well, cool. Yeah, I thought we, we've we've done. Um, 
Yeah, ending on um, zero killers. That's a nice way to, to sign off sign off this uh, podcast. I think <laughs> I, we, I we haven't done that before. Yet, <laughs> yeah. Well, so I mean, you you mentioned wanting to try and go into some moving images and stuff, but what else is in in the near future for you? Hopefully, Paola. Like I know you've you've become quite known for your you know your work in New York City. Are there any other spots in the world that you're keen to put your lens to? Or I mean, India. Um, mm. I think that's been on my bucket list for more than three years now. You know, I, I feel like I have to go to India. Um, it's just beautiful. The photos that I've seen from there, the, the culture, the, the colors, everything. Um, it's just, you know, hard nowadays to travel. So uh, it's like in the back of my head now. Like, I don't know when we're going to be able to travel, but eventually I want to I want to go there. I feel like I I need that in my life to to you know experience that that side of yeah, the Yeah, actually the the last photographer we had in the podcast before you was a guy named Vinit Vorha. Oh yeah, I heard, I heard the the podcast and he's Yeah, yeah. he's yeah, I feel like he's, you know, showing it how it kind of really is, which is really interesting. Um Yeah. But you know, that it looks guy like comes a great up place to shoot. Crazy have you guys been? Frames. Alan's I've, been. I've, 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 yeah, been. I've not. I've been uh I stayed there for a while and um Found myself, no, I <laughs> but I, I I found a lot of, of photographic opportunities. Is what I found. I uh, bet. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's definitely one of those. Um, it's just because all all our photographic heroes have been there and, and shot there, right? Mm -hmm. so, so many of them, at least, and and it's uh, it, it's it's a fascinating place in in how much it's uh, it's changing. Like I when I went to Mumbai, I didn't expect it to be so um, like. There's like a lot of the kind of old school stuff, but also like super modern districts. And I mean, obviously that's the thing. India is like one of the world's biggest economies. So it's like, mm -hmm. why wouldn't that be a thing? But I was, I, for some reason, it was just all, you know, in my head, like how Steve McCurry shot it back in the day. Oh my God. And, um, but it, it's, I mean, that's all still there. It's, mm -hmm. it's such a fascinating place. And, and it's crazy how it's, I think it's bigger than Europe. Uh, India so like when you go from north to south it's like it is like going through different countries it's like a whole it's that like the Himalayas were so different to Kerala in the south for example mm. and it was just I mean yeah it was stunning and and um people were messaging me being like how the hell are you in India and not refusing to shoot in color I was like well I'm, I'm just not going to do that so you um, shot in black and white as well in India. Yeah, you don't have any. Oh my goodness! I, I shot. I shot. <laughs> I shot in black and white. I did. I did some color pictures, mm -hmm. but they just don't look like my images to me anymore. Uh, okay. And and I I don't I like those images, but they just I don't know. Uh, I just just didn't publish them because I felt like they weren't. It just, I just wasn't happy with them, if I'm being honest. Okay. Probably because I don't have a color process. <laughs> Maybe. But. but but the uh, it was a Leica M240 I was shooting on, and that thing was famous for putting out beautiful colors straight out of the camera. Mm -hmm. So it did look nice. But yeah, it was. Uh, I, I think you'd have an absolute field day. Yeah, uh, mm, definitely. I went to um, when I went to Morocco. I think two years ago. That's how I felt. I was like, this is unbelievable. I don't know if you guys been to Morocco. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a different world to me. I was like, and I was so inspired by by everything that I was seeing. Yeah. And I just want to be able to feel that way again, you know. And I mm. know India is the place for me um, to discover, and especially with color grading. Like I, I'm just I'm excited for the photograph, but I'm more excited to just edit the photos. Like I love editing. Yeah. And it's just such a cool, I mean, it's just, 
such a great experience as well just like forgetting the camera it was just such a cool thing to like yep. so many stories like the tuk-tuks alone yes you get in, it's just i can't believe that like they're roads they have the mm-hmm. most road deaths i think of any country uh per year and i think i know why because of <laughs> it's just completely crazy but uh, uh but also glorious like i i yeah, I have memories of just shooting on these tuk-tuks of like other tuk-tuk the people on the back. of It was yep. so much fun. Yeah, uh, we're we're going to Cuba soon. Um, oh, Cuba! Mm. Yeah, that 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 reminded me of India in in a, mm-hmm. in, in terms of uh, that, uh, like you said, the um, just overwhelming, just like like in Morocco, you know, like just yep. being like wow. Yeah, I've been to um, Cuba twice, and it's I love it equally as much. It's just unbelievable. Yeah, I can yeah, see I, you, uh, Paolo, knowing that how much you you kind of like where the conditions are like a bit of snow and the kind of people you look to shoot. I could see you working in kind of St. Petersburg or Vienna or some of those kind of places as well. Um, mm-hmm. Potentially, could be in your future. I know. Well, you, well, you must be loving the you must be loving the snow on the on the east coast right now. Anyway. Oh my god, it's, it's, <laughs> it looks everything looks beautiful with snow. I feel like it's kind of like a cheat. I feel like because mm. yeah, you yeah, can be I a know. bad photographer and take a snow photo <laughs> and it's going to look beautiful. But, you know, everybody, you know, every time it snows in New York City, everybody goes crazy and, oh, my God, it's a snow day. Even if it's like a blizzard, you see like so many photographers out in the street taking photos and they mm. usually go to the same locations like Times Square, you know, with the lights and everything. So you always see the same people all the time. But it's it's beautiful. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, 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 we're having a bit of snow here and it's just the the shittest v- version of <laughs> snow really you could sucks. ever have absolutely sucks. It's like it's like at eleven a.m. you'll get like a bit of snow and it kind of it settles, but and then it just by twelve it's like sludge. That's and, it. And um, <laughs> and yeah, that's it. <laughs> so so I've 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 managed to uh, get a couple of pictures that I like, um, but you literally have a five minute window per day where it snows, where it looks like it's snowing. Um, I, I I wish it would just. We really don't off. sell Britain well on this podcast. Like, if the <laughs> UK tourist not. board were listening, they'd be like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> hey, we, we've got great fish and chips, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I, I ate when I went there. <laughs> no, L- London's incredible, but yeah, in terms of snow, not so much. <laughs> not so much, and we have plenty here. We got 18 inches last week. Um, I've been so jealous. I've been seeing all of the New York street photography. I'll be like, ah, <laughs> let me out. Let I'm me sorry. Out. <laughs> oh, no, I've never done New York in the snow. You've never uh, done two, it. Okay. No, two, two, two years ago, I actually, I had some friends out there and I said, if it's, if you have snow forecast for like more than one day, tell me and I'm actually going to come and shoot New York in the snow. You had and, to come uh, last week. Yeah. And obviously this is, yeah. It's kind of borderline unbearable, though, isn't it? Like, it gets so cold in New York that you, like, almost can't pound the streets because it's, like, That's why you have to wear, like, four layers on top, four layers on the bottom. Like, especially the the cameras get all wet. It's a mess, Battery battery life is terrible in the cold as well. Sony's are pretty good. I'm sorry, man. What can I say? (laughs) Other cameras are available. (laughs) I have other cameras as well. (laughs) I actually don't. 
Yeah, <laughs> I, I I I was in uh, Boston in January, mm-hmm. like two two years ago, and it was I was I did a workshop and we went outside and it was minus fifteen degrees. Oh no, uh, I don't know yeah. what that is in Fahrenheit, but um, yeah, the, I was like, well, I'm gonna we're gonna go outside for seven hours now. They were like, no, no, <laughs> no. It's like, well, yes, that's what it was freezing. It was horrible. So you did it anyways. Yeah. Oh. Gotta get hypothermia for the shot. I would have been yeah. like, give me my money back. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> well, I said to them, I was like, this will, if you st- if you enjoyed the day, you 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 have a future in street photography. <laughs> if not, quit. Quit now. If not, you don't love it enough. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That my fiance said that to me yesterday. She's like, I love your your determination to go out there and continue taking photos, even you know, when it's freezing and He's like, I love that you keep pushing yourself to to continue documenting, and I was like, yeah. I have to. It's the yeah, only yeah. thing that I that I can do, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to be a fair weather photographer. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep it gotcha. up, Paula, and um, you, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. It was great to talk. Thank you guys for having me. It's been a yeah. pleasure. Good cool. times. Thank you very much. Yeah, <laughs> and enjoy enjoy the snow. I will. And I'll see you soon so we can do our little project together. Yeah. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make it to Jersey sometime. I always feel bad. Whenever I fly out, I'm like I, I'm neglecting this state spending all of my time in New York. So yeah, some time needs oh, to be spent out there. You're more than welcome. I can take you to many beautiful locations and we'll have a blast. Beautiful. Nice. All right, enjoy the rest of your day and uh, have a nice day. Thanks again. You as well guys. See ya. Take care. See ya. Bye.